0: Independent Business Podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook, the all-in-one platform for anyone with clients. Book clients, manage projects, and get paid faster all with HoneyBook. You can use the code podcast to get 20% off your brand new account and let business flow your way.
1: When you start an independent business, the odds are stacked against you. But what if you could defy them? That is precisely what I am sitting down to speak with Diana Wei Fong, a systems architect, a breakthrough coach, all about today on the podcast. Diana has supported hundreds of businesses in architecting their systems such that people can do more of what they love and the business can run even when they're sleeping. She is a dear friend of mine, we have known each other for several years, and I have watched as her career has taken shape and she has really become the thought leader when it comes to automations, systems, and the magic of client flow. I can't wait for you to dig into this episode. We talk about some nitty gritty details of systems, we talk about mindset shifts that are required for success, and you're going to absolutely love Diana's personal story at the very end of the show. Hey, everyone, this is your host, Natalie Frank, and you're listening to the Independent Business Podcast. More people than ever are working for themselves and building profitable businesses in the process. So on this show, I sit down with some of the most influential authors, entrepreneurs, and creators to break down the science of self-made success so that you can achieve it too.
0: Diana, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Before we hopped on, I was joking that I'm like, we should start by talking about hummus. And you gave me a look and I'm like, no, we should. Our shared love of hummus and bonding in Tel Aviv and all of the things, because it is important. I think we are friends. We've been friends for a really long time in the industry. And I have been dying to get you on the show, absolutely dying, because I have The privilege of getting to chat with you behind the scenes about the independent business world, about what we see unfolding in the macro sense for our community. And so often we'll be chatting and I will say to you like, oh, oh, that thought, we need that on the show. I just, I need people to hear that. So thank you for truly carving out the time to join me in this episode because I already know how profound and impactful it's going to be. And for everyone listening, it's going to be you know, as delicious as hummus and as impactful as a rocket ship taking off uh, with your business attached to it, to the moon, because that is Diana
0: in a nutshell. Wow. (laughs) Should we also talk about what you, like what kind of dog personality you think I am too?
1: (laughs) No, don't reveal all my secrets to the
0: listeners.
1: Don't do it. Don't do it. I Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the the long story on that for anyone going dog personality, you know, my mom growing up never let me watch the Power Rangers and instead gave me an encyclopedia of dogs. And so, yes, I was the nerdy child that memorized every dog breed, but we don't need to go into that today. What I want to go into today – is I want to start by talking about a phrase that you and I both love and share that I have seen on your website. I have seen you speak about on stage. I have heard you talk about in the community. And that is the concept of defying the odds. I want you to start there. What odds are we defying? And give us a little bit of an understanding of you know, how you got into doing the work that you do today as a systems architect and a breakthrough coach and what it
0: has to do with defying the odds. Oh my gosh, there's so much I can talk about this, so stop me whenever you need to. But <laughs> essentially the big statistic is in 2019, 90% of small businesses failed. That is an enormous number. And even as like a small business owner myself, when I first started, the stats are always like That's the stuff everyone knows, you know, like, oh, it's really hard to make it as a small business owner. Are you sure this is what you want to do? You know, like, as soon as you're like, I'm going to start my own business, everyone's like, okay, (laughs) you know. I think the idea of failure is more prominent than the idea of success. And so, as soon as you start and you tell, and I think that's why it's so scary to tell someone your dream, because you know that as soon as you verbalize it, A, it's real, and B, someone is going to be negative Nancy out there in the world. You know, someone is going to rain on this brand new spanking parade. And sometimes you just want to shut it down. But also instead of looking at these statistics and looking at everything and saying, well, why even try? Mm. Right? What if we just adopted the mindset of defying the odds? It's possible. You're living proof of it. I'm living proof of it. Everyone who's ever been on this podcast is a living proof that it is so possible to defy the odds. It just takes a lot of courage, bravery, grit, Resistance, joy, love of what you do, right? But it's not impossible. You just, some of these things we have and some of these things we don't, and we develop along the way. Community, like, it's not impossible. But so just encouraging people to defy the odds, to, to, it's a rallying cry. I mean, you use that phrase a lot, but for me, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Like, instead of hearing about it all the time, and that's, that's genuinely how it started. I, um, live in a culture where it is common for small business owners to start their thing. I had the privilege of my previous full-time job, I got to hear a lot of dreams. And my, my former like CEO, he used to say, this is a dream factory. This is a dream factory. And we would hear these big dreams like farmers in Colombia who were growing cocaine, chopping out all the cocaine plants and like now growing coffee beans as like a living, um, like a way of providing for their family and changing the industry. That is a dream, and we are just so good at dreaming. And, and and if you were being honest, there's probably like a thousand dreams of yours that you've actually never told anyone else. Maybe your husband, right? If that, and we just keep it because it's like there's so many what ifs in the world, and then. We go out and we are very good at baking the pie. We are very good at cutting the hair. We are very good at taking the pictures. And then a year later, I see them. I see them. How's it going? How's it going? And they're just like, oh, I think I'm going to close. Can we talk about that? And it's just, um, it's easy to get cynical about it. It's easy to say, oh, you know, it's just terrible marketing or, oh, your social media presence, you never asked enough favors, right? It's so easy to say that. But what it comes down to is a decision to not give up. Finances are low. And I, I get that. I get finances get low. But what it comes down to also is that your system isn't in place. It's not about your social media at all. If I gave you, if I gifted you a thousand paying clients today. Could you sustain that? Can you deliver and provide your service to a thousand paying clients today? Because, you know, the clients that I work with, I've seen it all. They've broken the contact form codes because they can't handle any more orders and they get nervous. I can't fulfill them that fast. Da, 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 da. They, um, Ignore and shut down their emails because they can't respond to a thousand people. And that's genuine. And then you're like, oh, this is a dream world. That's not true. The community that I'm a part of, when that CEO tells the world, hey, this is a coffee company we're all going to buy coffee from, you can bet 4,000 orders is going to go in tonight. But you can also bet that that same company shut down mm-hmm. because they couldn't handle the orders. And it had nothing to do with your social media with everything to do with what's your welcome email look like? What's the next step? People are waiting, and they're ready. And at some point, after trying to buy the coffee a few times, you kind of think, oh, well, they're just really busy, and they don't need my business. And meanwhile, this coffee farmer is desperate for your business, but they don't know how to take you to the next step. And so it's not we we blame a lot of symptoms. We focus ourselves on a lot of symptoms, but the root of it is your system. And I'm just I've seen the flip. I've seen the success. It is just such an increase. Like once you get your system in order, your chances of converting leads go up by seventy nine percent. That's a huge difference huge. And so why am I not spending the rest of my life ensuring that what you were meant to do on this earth is successful? Mm. It's successful. You can't give up. I'm not going to give up, but I also can't want it more than you. So you have to decide to defy the odds.
1: I love that you've dedicated yourself to that phrase. I love the idea, the mission of helping others to defy the odds. And as you were talking, it reminded me of my own trajectory as a small business owner many, many years ago as a wedding photographer. I vividly remember how I went into it thinking I'm never going to have enough clients in order to sustain this business. And that didn't end up becoming the biggest problem. The problem was I didn't have the systems to support the demand as I scaled. And I never imagined in a million years, and I'm sure business owners listening to this, especially those that are two, three, four, five years into the business or who are experiencing demand for the first time or who are pivoting into a new market and, you know, kind of ramping things up once again, can relate to me when I say that sometimes success can be the very thing right, that challenges you and creates friction In your business, such that you can't keep doing it anymore. You know, you trade working nine to five for working 24 seven. You get burnt out by the very thing that you once loved doing. But that's not how it has to be. That's the outcome when you don't have systems, when you aren't setting yourself up for success as a business owner. And so, not to steal kind of the first uh, way in which you help people to defy the odds and kind of, you know, spoil that. Like we always hate when someone spoils a good movie, right? But I do want to say you have in your title systems architect talk to me a little bit about how systems in particular can help business owners oh i
0: i believe it as the foundation of your business I I, I I definitely do because it dictates your vision for what you want right it's more than just saying i'm going to be a phenomenal photographer there is a reason why you are a different photographer than the millions of other photographers in the world. There's a reason why someone chooses you over someone else. There's also a reason why you left the corporate world. There's also a reason why we I never quite fit in. Like I liked corporate world, but I once I really started my own business, I felt like I understood. Like before I just always felt like my wings were clipped and now oh. it's like the sky is the limit. There is a different mentality to owning your own business, right? And there's a different, it's just different. Like if you, if you're in it, you know, and honestly, for some of you, when I said, if I gifted you a thousand clients today, paying clients today, some of you actually, that terrified you. Some of you are ready to quit just by me telling you, there's a thousand paying clients waiting for you because we sabotage ourselves so we, so well. We sabotage success. We are so afraid of succeeding because it means that your dream is coming true and your purpose is coming alive. And there is something about that where the universe is suddenly going to put all these doubts in your head and you're going to say, nope, see ya. Bye. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. terrifying. absolutely
1: terrifying Mm -hmm. to succeed. And so I, I do think it's something that, you know, we will talk about. We will share about our dreams. But you're right. No one is going to challenge us in the pursuit of success more than ourselves. John Cuff, one of my favorite quotes from his new book is right along those same lines. You know, he says something to the effect of, "Like, you know, I'm always the one standing in my own way." And you know, I I loved I loved kind of how he said, "You know, the guy is impossible," meaning himself, right? And he's so he's so true in in that. And so, as the business owner who maybe does have these big dreams, or heard, for example, if I gifted you a thousand. Clients that were ready to book you right now, and that scared you. If if that's the person listening to this, what advice do you have? Where do they start? What is the first thing that they need to take a good hard look at?
0: I think the first thing that I always ask someone when I do my breakthrough accelerator program with someone one on one is that I say to them, "What's riding on this?" Mm. Because if If it's like you need to provide for your family and this is the only outcome, which for many it is. Okay. Well, it's not necessarily like your why, but it is driving you to say, I have to put food on the table. So I, therefore I must succeed. But for many of us, we are fortunate and privileged enough to have multiple streams of income. And for us, Something when we talk about something as big as your dream and the purpose of what you're doing, when we talk about something like that, that's not I have to put food on the table kind of dream. That is, this is going to change the next five generations kind of dream. It's not going to change me today, but it's actually going to affect the way that my child lives on earth and their children and their children and their children and the way globally, right? And I live in Washington, D.C. I live in a city of dreams. Everyone lives in D.C. to change the world. We may not agree on how to do that, but that's what people are here for, okay? And so I am surrounded by dreamers. And the question here is, is it worth it to you? Is the next five generations worth it to you? Because if so, Again, it's not impossible for you to lay the foundation so that you can take a thousand paying clients, so that you could change the next five generations' lives, so that you can provide food on your family's dinner table and someone else's dinner table. Because when you employ me, you also employ my team member who is studying to be art therapist. You're employing my other team member who's a doula. And also works with children with cardiac heart diseases. You're employing someone who's trying to foster children. Do you see the ripple effect of what you are doing? And then Mm. for every business that I help, can you imagine if the farmers who switched from cocaine plants to coffee plants, the ripple effect across the country in the drug industry, in their families? And the farmers around the world. Can you imagine the effect that one coffee farm could do? Does that see, like we talk about these big lofty dreams, but you guys are out there doing it. You're doing the thing. So the idea is for you to not give up. What do you need? How can I help? You know, I don't, I'm not here to answer your emails, but I'm here to give you long term success, not success to get you through tomorrow. I'm thinking the next five years. I'm thinking the next twenty years for you, and I want you to have the courage to also keep dreaming that because I think sometimes we get scared to do that.
1: Mm. I love that, Dana. and I have a picture of my kids on my phone. Part of the reason as the background, right the wallpaper when I go to open my phone. and part of the reason that I do that is because I've noticed when things get tough or I'm having a tough day in between meetings, We've all been trained to reach for our phone, and I want the first thing that I see in any circumstance to be my family because very much as you were talking about legacy, which is one of my top core values as a human being is legacy, it resonated with me, right? I have to remind myself that the work that I'm doing here at HoneyBook, the work that I'm doing as a mama bear for small business. In anything that I do, the work you're doing right now with your craft, cultivating a business, building, you know, something, supporting others, whatever it is, it is for a greater purpose. There is so much more, right? That that is connected to all of the actions that we undertake. And I love that. I absolutely love that. I want to double-click in to the systems conversation a little bit deeper because I'm going to be honest with you. The word systems is not sexy. There's a reason why people focus so much on social media, both as a hopeful channel for growth and as something to blame when things aren't going right. But you and I do share a belief, and perhaps it's a hot take, that very often we're focused on the wrong things. Very often, as business owners, we do focus on what is sexy and right in front of us. And that is social media, followers, likes, validation, approval, the outside world clapping, when that is not what makes or breaks a business it's not social media at the end of the day. The longer I do this, the more I can say that with confidence. Very often, it is what people don't see. It is the systems that are hidden from the outside. We talk about client flow as a concept. It's the flow part, right? Like the client journey part, they get to experience the world sees. And that is critically important. The workflow part, the systems part, the the actual, I think it was like a skeleton, the rib cage of your business. Like, That is the absolute most critical thing. And it transforms someone that is interested in working with you into an evangelist for your brand who wants to tell everyone they've ever met just how extraordinary you are. That's not built by an Instagram post, right? That doesn't happen because you have a witty TikTok video. That happens because they go through an experience with you because of the systems that you've built, where their life is transformed, where they have an extraordinary time, where the experience that you offer is unmatched. And so, I want to kind of talk about systems for a second. You know, what are some of the key parts of that that you see being important for business owners? What are the key areas where you see people making mistakes? Give it to us. Give us the real, real, because you live in hundreds of business owners' businesses from that lens every single day, and I want Diana's take on it
0: okay, well, you're going to get the real world because you asked for it. So (laughs) I did for the record
1: for the, she's clearing her throat. Should I like, one time I got really nervous and I started sweating. I had to take off
0: my blazer. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Give it to me. All right. Listen, I know that like, I'm, I'm the same boat as you. We chase being viral, you know, but same thing. If you got a million views tomorrow, how many clients does that get you? Let's just say, For example, they got you 100 clients out of a million views. Sure, why not? Can your system handle that? We talked about that earlier, right? Can your system handle that? When we talk about your system, it is, uh, I think we spend a lot of time getting a client, like nurturing the client. We talk about emails and nurturing them and prompting them to buy from us. And then they buy from us. And you're like, That's where it starts, but for us, we think of it as the end game. You bought Mm -hmm. for me, done, and now, and now comes the hard part because now your client is like, "Excuse me, hey, what comes next?" I'm so excited, and now your inbox is flooded, and you're like, "I regret all of this. (laughs) I don't want to," you know, like because you're just getting a million emails. And um, I just want to say, like, that's the beginning of your system. What happens after they pay you? And honestly, 99% of you come to me and you don't know the answer to that question. The answer Mm -hmm. everyone gives me is, well, now I work with them. But what? We are spending a lot of days and times. And so like, if you have heard, you know, Steve Jobs used to only wear all black. And it was because it saved one decision that he had to make. The system takes is also those pre decisions that you're making that gives your brain fatigue. You, Natalie, already said that you're a small business owner. You work at Honeybook. You're a mama bear for small businesses. You're an actual mom of two. You have a dog. You have a spouse, right? You're carrying a lot of hats. You are making a lot of tiny decisions throughout your day that are exhausting. There are days when I finish my day and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I want for dinner. Please don't ask me someone order for me that has become my love language lately because i'm just like please don't ask me another question but truly everyone listening by
1: the way diana can relate to that just as a side note because we've talked about this before i get like everyone's nodding as they're like yes please don't ask me what i want for dinner it's not that simple. I do feel like Ali in uh, The Notebook where she's like, it's not that simple. And he's like, just tell me what you want. And she's like, I don't know. It's the (laughs) same. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. Decision fatigue. It gets impossible to make any decision if you don't have a system making some of them in advance for you.
0: Yes. because And that's, it's like a double-edged sword for some of you. I, I can already hear you. I know. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. I know that some of you are people hire you for you and you think that there is magic to it. There is magic to you thinking on the fly. There is magic to you delivering and being creative and thinking outside the box. And you think that if I say the word systems, you don't get to do that anymore when nothing could be further from the truth, because if you had a system, what you get is someone books a call with you instantly so that you can start the brainstorming process as soon as they've paid for you. And guess what, they won't email you asking you what's next because they are we're already told what's next automatically from their system. You know what's also next is that right before that call, if you need them to fill out a questionnaire, the system sends a questionnaire for them and you don't have to remember if you did that or not because that's one less decision for you. Because if you think that the six emails going back and forth asking you if you're free tomorrow at 12, or actually I had to go pick up my kid, so can we do 1230 because I didn't know they had a half day at school, is not chipping away at that decision fatigue. You're lying to yourself. So however we can streamline those decisions for you on a day-to-day basis, that's the foundation of it. Then you can go be creative you can think outside the box you can go and be the superstar that you are because you're going to have brain space to actually do this and if we're talking about scaling when you hire someone in the future not only do you not no longer have to write down everything from your brain and try to explain it to them and then you delay hiring someone because you're embarrassed about how discombobulated this whole situation is. You're ready to hire and you know where the weak spots are. So you're very clear about who you want to hire. A lot of people will come to me and say, I'm ready to hire somebody, but I don't know what they would do. Everything requires me. And, And that's valid. It did for a long time. It did. But that is also a mistake we make. We make the mistake of thinking no one else can do what we do. And while that is true, someone can send an email for you. Someone can book your flights for you. Someone can decide what you are eating for dinner. Someone can, you know what I'm saying? There are decisions that you don't need to make as a business owner that you can let go of and still deliver your magic. In fact, I can't wait for you to DM me and tell me how much more magic you have because you have brain space. Imagine that. It's a very exciting time. (laughs) That
1: was one of the hardest mindset shifts for me personally Mm -hmm. in my journey. It really was to recognize that I am not my business. Like, I want to say that again, you know, like you Mm -hmm. are not your business. You might be the magic that Mm -hmm. makes the outcome of what you offer. You might be the creative that brings about something new into the world. You might be Mm -hmm. the leader. You might be the, like, whatever it is. But the business is actually a separate entity from you. It may feel like an extension of your identity. It might be an extension of your identity, but it is not you. And the more that you can build something that truly does live beyond you, such that when you step in, you're Mm -hmm. able to do what only you can do. Like I love that you were talking about that. No, it's not going to strip you of the magic that you bring to the table. Technology, building systems, leveraging things like automation actually should, if done right, enable you to be more human. What it Mm -hmm. should enable you to do is be more successful in the sense that you're able to do those things you love, able to do those things that light you on fire, and that your clients are hiring you for in the first place. You know, we've done a lot of research at HoneyBook on what do clients want. We partnered with Visa. We did a big survey. I will link to it in the show notes for anyone that's interested in digging into the data at at a larger scale. But one of the things that we found I just it, – it both uh, rattled me but also affirmed something that I had been feeling was, you know, we found that most clients book the business that gets back to them first. Period. That right there is critical because what Diana is saying is, you know, we as business owners tell ourselves if I don't hit the email button, if I don't type the copy myself from scratch, then it's not magical, then it's not unique, then it's not personal. But what do the clients really want? Do they want to know that your finger hit the email button, the submit on the form? Or do they want you to get back to them quickly such that they feel like their time is valued, such that it indicates a level of trust in communication that they're going to hear from you when they ask for something, they can expect a response? Like It's that first impression. And many of us, because of our hesitancy to lean into these systems, are essentially giving clients away without even realizing it. We're telling ourselves that we're getting ghosted because our work's not good enough. But in reality, we just didn't get back to them fast enough. That's one example in a multitude. But I say that to say, you know, are there other nuances like that, Diana, that you've seen in regards to things that maybe we're telling ourselves that are holding us back? It could be about change, for instance, AI. You know, you and I have had long conversations about AI and the future of tech. I'd love to know from you, you know, what is something you see in that mindset space that business owners are struggling with that you want to set the record straight about?
0: Yeah, there's two things here. One is shame and one is change. So let's talk about change first. One is that this is a lot. 2023 is a lot. 2024 is going to be even more. Okay. Technology moves fast. We have always Mm. known that technology has moved fast. And we as human beings are very resistant to the unknown, okay? And, and I get that. You can't quite see the technology in the eyes. It's not the same as if you were writing it yourself. I get that. I get that. But also, it can be just as effective. It doesn't have to be you physically typing the words for this to be effective. And I think that the shame part comes in too when we say, oh, I, I, I'm not getting enough clients because I'm not posting consistently on social media. I reached out to five people and they all said no. So I guess I wasn't, I guess I, I should change it, right? And mm-hmm. coming to me for help is such a big ask. I get it. And that's why we hate doing our taxes too. It's a reflection of where we have spent our time and money and effort. And in the back of your mind, whether or not you, you admit it to yourself, this is something that you know you should do. And we procrastinate because it's easier to have that dopamine hit of an instant like, of an instant DM. See, it works. It's just fine. I have made it this far just fine. There's nothing mm. wrong with that. And that is when it you will get to a point, everyone does, where it's not fine anymore and you are asking for help. And all of my clients come to me at a point of breaking point. This is their Hail Mary. And I would like for you to get to a point where this is not your Hail Mary. This is where you start. Because this is, again, the foundation. And, and you know, we can reiterate, listen to this podcast again about all the reasons why. But adapting the change, you have to hit that breaking point. You have to hit the bottom for you to finally say something has to change. Mm. But what if we adopted that mindset earlier? What if we just said, okay, maybe... All these tools and AI, maybe like there's something here to that. What if we didn't approach everything with cynicism Mm. and we just tried it? Try it because if running your small business is not about running experiments, well, then I don't know what else is right. There's a lot of trial and error out there, I think that is something. And then a lot of times, a lot of clients will come to me too and say, You're the expert. What you tell me, what I should be doing. We are so afraid of doing our own thing, right? It's like a double edged sword. You are the magic, and yet, how do I make this successful and not fail? You know, and so therefore, I'm going to mold myself to what everyone else has already done, and you Mm -hmm. lose some of that magic, and then you know, and it goes in circles, it's cyclical. You are your own magic. You are your own small business. And adapting to that change, adapting to the change of times, of tools, of technology, asking for help. That is a mindset shift of saying, I'm ready for someone else to step into the mess with me of my taxes. Mm -hmm. That's not what I do, by the way. Um, (laughs) My systems, of your automations, and admitting that to yourself what if we did that earlier? What if you as a small business owner accepted, owned that you are different and therefore your business shouldn't be run exactly the same way that the other person is running it, that there is something different to it, which is kind of like why I love HoneyBook, honestly, because it's customizable for everyone. I have made hundreds of custom systems for everybody. You're not meant to do things the way that The other photographer did, the other baker did, the other farmer did. Because if so, back to this cocaine farmer, he would still be growing cocaine. Right. Because if so, (laughs) we would actually all be in corporations. Hmm. Right? (laughs) And so we have to, it just, we have to get there faster. We have to accept the change faster, but it comes with fear and shame and. There's just, what if we adapted the attitude of defying the odds? What if we adapted the attitude of resistance and grit and being willing to accept that this is not the end, but this is the beginning, earlier, way earlier, (laughs) like today.
1: (laughs) I love it. We had an interview with Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, and the entire conversation was about this inevitability of change as a business owner and you're hitting it right on the head i think we are often so afraid of the change and also when it comes to the shame as you mentioned asking for help can feel incredibly daunting it can feel uh you know almost like admitting defeat which it's not it's absolutely not i always say asking for help is a sign of strength not a sign of weakness and yet right as business owners sometimes we expect to be able to do everything and wear all the hats. And we forget that in a corporation somewhere, there is someone who does one of the 1 million jobs that we do. And that's their 9 to 5. And here we are, right, juggling a 1,000 of those jobs in a 24-hour period. So we talked about fear of change and the need to address that head on. We've talked about not feeling ashamed to ask for help not feeling ashamed you know to to approach change with this experimental mindset which i love the experimental mindset you know I, it took me until my 30s diana to realize that it's okay to suck at something like you can just do something and be absolutely terrible at it and that's okay you know you don't have to be perfect at whatever you go after and some of you are rolling your eyes and the rest of you're going wait what do you mean and i'm saying yes write a song No one will ever hear. Sing it and break the windows in your home, like, or maybe don't because they're expensive. Knit a sweater, no one's ever going to wear, right? Take a photograph that is completely underexposed, but you're learning the art of photography one failed photo at a time. The point being, the moment that we stop being so afraid of making mistakes and looking like a fool and failing, that's the moment where we embrace the the possibility of something better for ourselves, the change that could actually bring about our greatest success. And so I'd love to hear from you in your own journey. You know, you've you've kind of held a lot of different positions along the way. used to run brands for over 50 different businesses on social media, right? And you've worked with editing manuscripts and books and all sorts of things. You've I mean I literally could sit here all day and just list the number of jobs that you've had and how that ultimately led you to becoming a systems architect to sitting down and working with hundreds and thousands arguably of businesses to build out these systems. I would love to know from you though, you know, did you struggle with this as well? How has your journey evolved over time? When you think about where you're going in the future, you know, what scares
0: you, but also what excites you? Oh, yes. I grew up in a very untraditional home so i grew up legitimately starved like i did not know where my next meal was coming from i was actually sick a lot as a kid i was super malnourished anytime like someone would my birth mom she would take me to homes and and like invite herself over for dinner with friends so that i could get a meal but then like by then It had been like a few days since my last meal. So of course I'm like, and then I would get so sick. I would get so sick. So I, I get it. I get the intensity it requires to provide for someone. I understand that. And I think that, um, I grew up with that resilience of, I need to figure out the next step before it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I moved around a lot. We moved every nine months. And then I also, <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this on a tough podcast, but I definitely lied on my college application. Um, so <laughs> I didn't We're not going to tell anyone. Don't
1: worry. We've, yeah. got, we've got your back. We're not going to tell anyone.
0: <laughs> I'm on their board now, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I had to lie on my college application uh, mostly because I couldn't afford to apply to college And my friend filled it out for me. So technically, and then she forged my signature. Um, And then she emailed me or she called me. It was very, I'm very old. Um, She called me and said, you know, send in your transcript to the school. And I said, I didn't apply. And she goes, I did. And she paid for my application fee. That took change you know, and us moving every nine months that I always moved around to different family members because eventually she couldn't take care of me anymore. And that also came with new rules. Every family had their own rules and upbringings and growing up just as an Asian American in America too, assimilation is a really big thing. Even just the way that people say my name, I'm just like, yeah, you could say it however you want. You know, I have school certificates that say like Ilana (laughs) I-L-A-N-A. I'm like, that's my name. Yeah, truly. It's not my name. (laughs) Diana is very difficult. Don't ask. It's very hard for people to spell. (laughs) And so just assimilation and that, I think that was just the way I grew up. It was, it was never, it was never a question. If I wanted to eat tomorrow, we're going to figure this out, you know, and probably Mm -hmm. more intense than most people experience that. And I I definitely acknowledge that. But I think that I have seen what's possible because of it. I know that if I get over the fact of like being embarrassed to ask for help, it will come. You know, if I get over the pride, that's really what it is. It's pride of asking for help being embarrassed to let someone see my living conditions at the time that I lived in the trailer. There was like a dead mouse in the corner probably. Cause I definitely not touch with that. And I was 16. <laughs> and, and so that's like a totally different scenario of inviting someone over. You can't just invite friends over when you live in a trailer, there's a dead mouse in the corner. It's just a different kind of take, you know, but I, now have also like graduated I'm now on the board of that university in one of their committees you know I'm now like able to it wasn't always easy I worked for many different corporations and I figured out my life but I also like didn't figure out my life (laughs) let's be real I thought I was like, I took the easy way all the time. When I first started my business, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever you need. You want me to write an email? I can write an email. You want to pay me for that? Great. That's not what I, like, clearly from this conversation, what I want to do is see you succeed. It took me 30 plus years to figure that out. And even now, like, as you talk about experimenting and like singing so badly, you break the windows that I struggle with that. I do. I can't yeah. even sing in my car by myself. No one else is going to hear me. But I'm like, what if they do? You know, like it's just that like, it's that ingrained situation, but it comes. It's just, it, it's a hard. It's hard. I know everyone listening to this podcast right now is thinking it's so easy for you to say that because you're on the other side of it. I get that. Mm. I do. I get I get what I'm asking you to do is trusting something you, you don't know, trusting something you can't see, trusting in automation, trusting in AI. And like, I, I, I get that. I do. I really do. But also that's what I had to do when I blindly trusted someone to literally drive me from the other side of the country so I could go to school, you know, because for sure we were not flying. That's what I did to get my first job, paying job. I like blindly trusted someone as a horse ranch person in Northern California. In case you don't know, I was born in LA, grew up in New York City, live in Washington, DC, cities. I live in cities and I was a horse ranch girl north of california because i needed to get paid okay <laughs> i definitely didn't know what the other side of that was i didn't have an exit strategy if that didn't work out so i know i'm asking a lot when i say you kind of just have to go through it no please take it from someone who has gone through a lot of change that it's going to work out you have to believe in yourself more than I believe in you. But if you do, and you're willing to put in some work with me, well then let's go change the world because I'm ready. You know what I mean? So I know it's, it's, a, it's a big ask. I get it. Yeah.
1: I'm going to replay that last snippet over and over again whenever I need a pep talk. <laughs> I'm going to replay that just even as your friend. I mean, gosh, you are such an incredible, inspiring, brilliant, hardworking, heart-centered. I could go on and on with adjectives galore and it still wouldn't touch uh, truly the magnitude of who you are and the impact mm-hmm. that you've made over the many years that I've known you in our community, both at HoneyBook and you know Rising Tide, a multitude of communities. You've always shown up and you know Diana really does walk the walk. And so- you know, at the at the risk of keeping you all day long, which you know that I would do, I want to lead into our final question and get your take on something that I ask every guest of the show. There is no right or wrong answer. There's only your answer. But Diana, I would love to know from you, what do you believe is the biggest differentiator between the businesses that succeed and the ones that fail? Oh, well, systems. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs>
0: I it's an it's an attitude it's an attitude it's something bigger than yourself I I I really believe that it's again there's nothing wrong with putting food on the table I I get that 100% but when it's about building a foundation and a legacy huge game changer because people want to be a part of that and it fuels you it's really weird to say because i i i understand the mounting bills that we all face i I understand that more deeply than most i've had zero dollars in my bank account more times than you can imagine but it is the it's it's that feels like it's yourself it's your own power to put food on the table to pay your bills but when this is bigger than yourself People want to be a part of it. If the community, you're going to find that it's actually an easier ask for help, for community, for change, for all the things. Because it is not about you. And the shame breaks off because it's not about you anymore. And it's just a different ask. But also it's that grit and resilience because you believe in something that's bigger than yourself. It's not just for today. right? It's for the next five generations. It's an attitude. Um, the belief in yourself. Again, Natalie, you and I, we're champions of small businesses. And so we can't believe in this more than you do for yourself. Mm. And that is honestly a hard boundary I've had to place because I'm just like, I'm devastated when someone closes their business. I'm actually really devastated when that happens. And I've had to tell myself a few times, I can't make this happen more than they want to and that's honestly for my own protection (laughs) more than anything because I so desperately want them to see them succeed but the resources are there the people are there you're living proof of it this podcast the honey book as a company they're so generous and it's just I I think it's a huge mindset it's it's and systems let's be real I love it not sexy but it is systems and
1: systems not <laughs> systems <that's> the truth. <laughs> Diana, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. For folks that want to learn more about you, get plugged in, connect with you, where can they do that?
0: I am an Instagram girl. You can find me over at
1: The Finer Point. Amazing. We'll make sure to link that, your website, all the things in our show notes. Diana, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you so much. It was so fun. <laughs>
1: That ends our episode of the Independent Business Podcast. Everything that we've discussed today can be found at podcast.honeybook.com. Head to our website for access to show notes, relevant links, and all of the resources that you need to level up. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss our future content. Drop us a review and leave our guests some love on social. Thanks again for listening.